All right, guys, welcome back. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast, and my name is Kyle and Sarah. Look, I appreciate all the support, all the text messages, all the DMs, all the shares that are, you know, kind of going on around the podcast. And, you know, look, it's, I say this all the time, but I think it's so crucial is that this industry is something where we, particularly now, need to come together and share insights and information, uh, regardless of what type of restaurant you have and what type of business you're in, um, food wise, whether it's quick serve catering or, you know, full service restaurant, you know, private chef, food truck, whatever. Uh, there's so many things that are changing and there's so many things that are relevant to one another that, you know, just in the course of our day between our work, our family life, you know, all sorts of things, it's just tough to squeeze in that time to kind of share what's going on. And I really think that Right now, as a restaurant, if you're a one-off restaurant or if you're a multi-unit operator, it's time to start considering what your options may look like um, in terms of expansion. So, you know, on this show, I try to have on a bunch of you guys who are operators, a bunch of you guys who work with operators, professional services, commercial real estate brokers, landlords, uh, attorneys, bookkeepers, and you know, I think it's time to really maybe even, and I'm not necessarily, I think it would be great if you went back and reviewed every show and rated them all five stars, uh, but review exactly what we've been talking about. Uh, particularly, you know, there are a couple there that are really going into detail of how you should be um, organizing your business right now. Um, particularly if you're looking at expanding, there are going to be some opportunities there. I'm about to do a piece of content today for my Instagram that's uh, about how you should be looking at these new opportunities, right? I mean, some restaurants, unfortunately, right? Like we, we hate to see them go out, but hopefully it, it's for the best for them. They're on to bigger and better, but they may be in a location that is fully built out. They may be in a location that has a drive-through. They may be in a location that um, you've had your eye on for a long time and now it's available. So uh, really step back from your business. If you're looking to grow it, I think now is the ideal time to start looking at that stuff. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a broker. I'm saying that because I'm also a restaurant owner and I'm thinking of it for my same, for, for me. So there are opportunities out there. You look uh, in the news a couple weeks ago, you see RFI brands um, added another concept to their portfolio, whether they keep that concept or they're going to utilize it for another one of their concepts. You know, that that's kind of the thing we're seeing now are these guys who have been sitting on the sidelines adding on or they're calling it bolting on other brands to their their portfolio so if that's you um fantastic you know i mean it's really time to maybe look at your competitor and say hey can we just do this better together or can we just you know maybe i can get you out of that lease and who knows man there's a thousand different ways you guys know those restaurant conversations there's no there's no one specific way to kind of cut a deal they're all different but um Anyway, you get it. If you guys have any questions, you know, you know, the community texting platform has been on fire. Uh, I'm really grateful for you guys who have been texting me. There's a lot of content stuff that goes out there that uh, it's kind of tough to to keep it all together, um, you know, in one particular platform, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, but the community texting is one-on-one. It's direct. And if you guys have any questions and want to chat about it, um, I always feel like that's the most efficient way to get a hold of me and most efficient way to have a conversation. So um, shoot me a text, 914-996-4569. Now, this is not my phone number, 
Okay, so you can't call me on that number. It's a texting platform. So uh, give it a shout. That's just the way things are going. I think it's easier to communicate that way. You know, emails just seem heavy to me. I just sent an email. And I was like, are they even going to read this? But whatever. Things change. We adapt. We move. But I'm a texting guy, and you can't change my mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm blabbering. But let's talk about who the guest is today. Her name is Carrie Bob. Now, Carrie I met on LinkedIn. Uh, I saw that, you know, she was engaging some of the stuff that um, I was posting. I was all about some of the stuff that she was posting. And she is, she works in commercial real estate like myself. And she's the founder and CEO of Carrie Bob & Co. It's a um, commercial real estate firm that specializes in retail and restaurants. Um, I was, I always divide the two because for some reason they're sometimes together, sometimes they're apart, but she's, she knows restaurants, put it that way. She has, uh, successfully merchandising executed leasing in a lot of San Diego's, uh, most notable and high profile retail projects for the past 17 years. She is a rock star on social media. She has, you know, created this dynamic and she's going to talk about it here where she actually creates Instagram accounts and social media accounts for her landlords to help prospect for clients, which I think, you know, if you're a commercial real estate agent, something to think about. Um, she posts all about the stuff that she does and how she does it, which I think is really cool. And she's just, you know, she has the experience to know how her energy, her, her persona you'll see comes through. And I'm sure that's what really draws her clients into um, wanting to work with her. Um, the company that she has, you know, they're just basically, look, they're in San Diego, which to me, I'm like, that's, it's like heaven to me. Because I haven't been to San Diego, go immediately. Um, like the weather is great. The food is great. So many things I'm jealous about people who live in San Diego. Um, but anyway, she is uh, forward thinking. She's part of the digital army, which I also belong to, which is a group of us, uh, commercial real estate agents who commercial real estate brokers, sorry, I always say agents, uh, brokers who have decided that this is the way that we communicate and this is the way it's going to be going forward. So it's great to collaborate with her. I'm very grateful um, that she decided to join me on the podcast. And I look forward to, you know, hearing more about how she does some of this stuff because look, you think you you know, I'm pretty involved in social media and you think you kind of have it all figured out and you develop a little game plan and then boom, somebody hits you with something and you're like, wow, that's really cool. I should think about that. So it's great to surround yourself with people like that. Um, but listen to what she has to say about restaurants out in California. Um, she is very insightful and I think she has a lot to share with you guys. And as always, if you guys have any questions of a follow-up uh, in regards to this, um, conversation with Carrie, you can reach out to her um, on LinkedIn, Carrie Bob, C-A-R-R-I-E, Bob, B-O-B-B, uh, and I'm sure she'll get back to you quickly. You know, these social media people, we don't mess around. We get, we get back quickly. We don't let these DMs sit for, for weeks and days, but they, she's also going to be found at Carrie Bob and Co. on Instagram. Uh, great little page. Super. I love the branding, the color. She just has it all figured out. I'm a huge fan also of her weekly newsletter. Uh, I don't really like those newsletters, to be honest. I don't really read them, but hers I look forward to getting because it's so well thought out and well put together. Um, but, yeah, she's on the show. 
take a look. Let me know um, what you think, what you want to hear from us uh, going forward. I think that um, we've created a great little platform here and insights from people like Carrie and uh, some of our other guests, like I said, go back and check them out, um, have created a cool little community and hopefully it's been useful to you guys as we kind of move through this whole thing. Long blabbering intro, but without further ado, Carrie Bob on the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. All right, Carrie, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I just gave a quick little intro on who you are, but why don't you tell everyone uh, exactly what you do, where you're from, and then we'll get right into everything. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so awesome. Love this. So I'm based in San Diego, and we are a commercial real estate firm that works on both digital and brick and mortar space, growing brands, growing restaurants, helping landlords, platforms, just omni-channel leasing is basically what we do. That's a new, I mean, that word has become more popular now, right? Like, I mean, it certainly was uh, a term that was thrown around for retail, but you and I were just discussing before we came on air, this is going to be important for everybody, including restaurants. Yeah. No, I mean, landlords are taking the omni-channel sales really seriously, even for, for restaurants. Like, one of the things that we were talking about is the landlord's capital, and so much of it depends on the landlord's lender and yeah. what the landlord's able to do. And many times lenders or capital partners aren't just letting landlords give relief to restaurants right. or tenants the way they want. And so they have to be selective on who they can help. And Omnichannel is one of the first <clears throat> boxes they look to, to see how are they being creative and investing in their business? Because if they're doing that, then it makes it a little bit easier for a landlord to make the investment in the restaurant. You know, I think I'm taking a leap of faith here because I think maybe some people who listen to the show are confused what omni-channel means. Can you kind of, cause I know you're, you're in that in your, in your business. Can you just kind of explain what that will mean for a restaurant going forward? Yeah. So typically, you know, there's six to eight touch points on any sales transaction before somebody actually makes a purchase. And so omni-channel are all those different touch points with your consumer or customer before they, before and even as they're engaging with you as a brand. So you can use it across social media, it can be in brick and mortar, it can be through all different kinds of touch points. And if a restaurant or any kind of brand or business really isn't leveraging the social media platforms, they're leaving touch points or dollars on the table. And so a huge selling point for restaurants or retailers who are doing it well that are trying to work with their landlords is that's a selling point for them. And so what happens when a landlord receives these requests from a restaurateur or a retailer is they in turn have to go make a request from their lender or their capital partners. And so the stronger the package that a restaurateur provides a landlord, the stronger case they have of getting some relief or help. And, and then mm. the landlord's gonna make a case for you to their partners. I think a lot of times people aren't taking their seriously enough. I think they're very serious and needing the relief and needing help, right. but just a phone call to your landlord, like, Hey, I can't pay rent or I need more dollars. That's not going to work. Right. So, I mean, 
you know, I, and I say this, I feel like I say this on every podcast, but I'm always thinking of like the one-off mom and pop guys or the three to five unit operators who are, you know, trying to play catch up with all this stuff. I mean, it's hard enough to run a restaurant in when things are perfect. And now you've got to talk about social media, omni-channel. you got to know, uh, you know, you're, you're getting probably more involved with your lease than ever. You never talked to your landlord so much. I mean, as important as that is, um, I ultimately think that it's going to come down to like, like you're saying is being on the same page with the landlord. And this term I heard on the call just now was land partners and like yeah. creating a partnership and having an understanding that this is not just our fault, you know, it's something that was kind of out of our control. Um, do you see that being a mindset of landlords moving forward? I mean, you kind of touched on it just that, but I mean, do you think that's something they're going to I mean, willing to basically swallow more of the expense in exchange for just getting somebody in the space. Is that realistic, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, occupancy right now is so important yeah. to landlords that they're, they're wanting to work with retailers. And that lender piece that I mentioned is really important because I think a lot of times restaurateurs feel like the landlords have all this money that they can right. freely give out and they're just picking who they like. And it's not always like that. And so the landlords are being really strategic of who they're partnering with because mm -hmm. they're putting their investment dollars on the line too and so yeah i think i think for the future of restaurants they're needing landlords who partner with them because the landlords who yeah. don't it's going to hurt them so much in the long run yeah and people like you and i aren't going to want to deal with those landlords either right 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 it's a new era and it's a yeah. new way of doing things for sure now i know you do a lot of social media we spoke about that um off air off off record here but um you and i are part of this group um, the digital army that Jay um, kind of set up and you use social media quite a bit in your business in a very unique way and I wonder if you could touch on that a little bit and explain how you use it yeah so we were trying to figure out how to drive revenue through these platforms with like service providers and when you don't have a product and one of the things that Took me way too long to figure out as i was looking at the lululemons and the dry bars of the world being like how do i make their how do i make my feed look like that or how do i how do i engage this emotional connection with my audience the way these amazing brands have done and i thought if i had a product i would take professional photos of of something and post it too and then many months later it took way too long i realized that our relationships and people hire us connections of like you our, our product technically and so if we have great images and talk about these people that's how we're using social is also to connect the dots and I think where that makes a difference for restaurateurs and landlords and anybody in this space is so often we see people on their feed just showing pictures of food or just talking about the building and you're missing the best part and like I have made this mistake way too long so this was just hopefully i can help people shorten the learning curve but if, if you include people in your feed and it doesn't even have to be professional photos right. but like we were talking about thomas keller and how he's doing all of these tutorials mm -hmm. and when you get that the people front and center that moves the needle with the audience emotionally and it's just another touch point for them to engage with you and i think one thing too that people underestimate is it doesn't always have to be the founder or the CEO. I think when you right. focus, tell the story of like the barista or the landscaper or whoever it is, it, it makes your audience feel part of what you're building. I mm -hmm. heard a, a story once where a hotel featured 
someone in, working in the valet. And every time someone would pull up, they'd be like, hey, Greg, whatever his name was. And yeah. he said all these people felt like they knew him from that. And I think that is such a great way for all of us to, to really engage with our audience. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I believe very heavily in that. Um, I, I think that's a, actually kind of a genius move, right? I mean, like, so you're saying for your, your clients, you're going to, like, basically control their social media or help them? How, how, I'm not clear. Is that so you, you'll take on, if you have a client that you're representing, you're going to help them with their digital strategy? Yeah, so we do, I mean, we're traditional restaurant retail brokers, right. just like you. And then we also started off, <laughs> this little side hustle that's turning into a hustle hustle is we just saw landlords. There was a disconnect with how retailers are using social media and how landlords are using social media. We're helping right. retailers too, but we're, we're seeing a lot more on the landlord side. We will okay. actually run their feed for them. Like we take the images and we do the content strategy and all of that. And then we will direct message retailers on the landlord's handle, just like from a social, media perspective like we love what you're doing would you want to collaborate with us and one of our strategies is like there's this Seinfeld episode where Elaine was dating this is the best way for me to describe it where Elaine no was I'm sure I can relate <laughs> and Jerry goes yeah I saw him in the street and it said you were hot and heavy and she's like what no I've got my like I've got a little nut I'm trying to get the squirrel here to eat the nut I don't need any big sudden movements and yeah. so we're approaching it like that. We, we're just trying to get people to eat the nut. We don't need to talk about five-year leases, okay? We right, just want right. to collaborate with you. And yeah, we want to build relationships with these brands. And if it's just doing a collaboration on social media, great. If it's a pop-up, great. If it's a long-term lease, great. But whatever the need is, we're just kind of connecting those dots. That's smart because, you know, there's such an emotional attachment for a retailer or a restaurant to, as to where they go. So if you can tell that story on part of the landlord, like, hey, this place is got history or it's got the location or it's got the traffic and show the or the lifestyle or the access to the the demographic that you're looking for on behalf of the landlord i think that's great because i think you know obviously I'm, you're using pictures or you're using movies i'm sure and as you know our uh industry is not known for uh their creative marketing so you know the the flat flyer with four pictures and lists of demographics isn't always that appealing for a retailer to take a look at oh the way you guys are using video and that's really where it's at um is really amazing and it's such a great storytelling platform yeah you know i mean it's like now i have to do a post on this it's like now to be a broker you need to have a certain kind of camera a drone uh, something to record with, you know, a wireless microphone. Like, I really think that's what you need because you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're a digital marketer first. I mean, you know that. Um, so I, I, I enjoy that part of it and I enjoy telling the story about it, but because the emotional connection and people make a decision a lot of time in sales based on emotion. And right. um, I just saw a broker here. He told this amazing story about, he's a residential broker and he did this really cool uh, like of a house and the house was like, basically the story was coming from the point of view of the person who used to live there. Like this has been our house since 1972. We've had so many great memories here. And then they had like actors kind of like, you know, throwing a baby in the air, turning the sprinkler on, like running around the house, Christmas tree. And, he's, and then it was just like changed the whole dynamic. And he was like, but now it's your turn. It's your turn to make your memories. And it was just really, and I'm like, wow, dude, that was great. 
So I, I can, I think they're a little ahead of us, the, the resi brokers. Oh, but. for sure. And they're using social, like they're like getting home, like selling homes off of Instagram. <laughs> and oh. it's like, oh, we are so far what are behind we on the commercial side. And that, but the great news is, is there's so much opportunity I out agree. there. And I think the big misconception is that it's not personal. And like, but what you're describing with this emotional, it's so personal. And, and we're like, when we're running, what we're seeing when we're running the landlord handles is when we reach out to a tenant through the landlord's handle, like as if we're the landlord, the response is so much better and warm and welcoming than like if Carrie or you were reaching out yeah, to them. Right. We're brokers and they feel like they're being sold on something. But yeah. landlords have such a huge um, like emotional capital with their audience and they just need to engage with them a little bit more. People are dying, are thirsty for what you were just talking about. Yeah. And I tell you, like, you probably know this already, but like, if you can get in contact with the chef owner, you know, right? Like they're so ego driven. And if you could, as the landlord, I can just imagine this playing out where you're like, we love your food. Your whatever dish is the best. Every time we go there, we get it. I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> I can imagine that is like hook, line and sinker for a lot of those guys to come take a look at it. So well, and it helps them too. It's so mutually beneficial For sure. and it's so underutilized that it's, there's just so much opportunity with yeah. it. It makes the landlord look great too, that they have a relationship with him. So yeah, I, we're huge believers in it. Yeah. I, I always think that restaurant owners, their mistake is anytime somebody comes to sell them something, they're like, no, they're like, just like, I don't want to want to talk about it. I like, you know, the traditional broker is like, you know, Hey, I'd love to show you this, you know, in their sharp suit or dress and pull up in this fancy car. And they're like, ah, you know, they're cleaning a fish or they're doing whatever. But I think the ones that are open-minded and just say like, okay, yeah, what, you know, what, what are we talking about here? I think that would be my advice here is, is to get those guys to just open up. If they're listening right now, just, you're not being sold anything. We're presenting opportunities. It's not like you can say no. Uh, but we want to make sure that you see it. And I think that's, that's the, some of these guys, and maybe now, uh, given the environment, I know here in New York, some people are, some operators are being more opportunistic. Are you seeing any of that yet there in California? What, what state are, like, what's the state of the COVID indoor, outdoor, takeaway? What, where are you guys at right now? Yeah, it's all outdoor right now. And okay. I mean, it's heavy and it's, it's really sad and like, it's hard, but you're also seeing this like beautiful creativity come out of both landlords and restaurateurs where they're putting like the, the faux grass down on the parking mm -hmm. lot, creating these beautiful outdoor spaces that were once like a valet station. And yeah. it's, it's stunning. Really. It's really fun. And people would never have thought of that yeah. before. And, and it's hard and it's challenging, but there's some, really cool things that are coming out of it that I think will stick. I mean, it, it's really hard to predict what happens 12 months from now. And I don't think you, you can what's stick, what's going to stick and what's not. And the, the resilience of these restaurateurs has been really remarkable. They're, yeah. they're coming up with just some really great ideas. I've said that in the beginning, like in a, in a weird way, this could not have happened to a better group of people who are forced to adapt to kind of, I mean, you got to survive, right? You got to, you know, whether you're one unit or 30 units, you got to be responsible for people and stuff. And, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta make it work. And I'm happy to see here. And, and I wonder if it's happening out by you are the municipalities,
taking on the burden of helping build out some of these outdoor spaces or the landlords doing it or is it all the restaurants? Some, we're seeing some, like some of the smaller cities are doing things where like a restaurant can rent picnic tables and then after COVID they'll be in their honor at the park or something like that. They're doing like really creative things like that. It's mostly the restaurateurs and the landlords, but I'll say mm. one of the things too that I think has been super interesting through all of this and we're seeing this by just watching and listening mostly on social media through although everyone's kind of seeing it through uh, iconic retail project sites and certain restaurants is that what's really resonating with the consumer is the sense of purpose and like when when a restaurant or a landlord has like a cause or a heart that they're driving it that's trumping experience at this point so experiential retail we've all talked about it and it's extremely important everybody wants that but yeah. if you have a heart for something or a cause and you're you're putting it out there not as like a marketing shtick it's just something that you're genuinely doing your consumers want to be part of that like right. purpose and trust is like top of the list right now for what consumers are looking to engage in mm -hmm. and if restaurants and landlords can draw them in that way it's even better. And then you have this great experience. They're going to be so loyal to you, especially from what they've experienced through this time. And it's really cool to see people doing stuff like that. Yeah. And that's a great part of what we do, especially when you get involved in like one of the bigger development projects and you have an opportunity to get into like, well, here's 200,000 square feet of space we need to have leased. And I know like at Sabre, we, we take pride in like building that community. And I think like you're saying now, it's going to be more important than ever that, um, tenants want that relationship with the landlord and their other co-tenants of what this whole community is going to be about because i think something that's coming out of this too is a sense of togetherness mm -hmm. um you know once you know there's a lot of patience that we have to go through right now on, on both sides but i think people are going to start to be more understanding and more wanting to be involved in the community and i think that that's that's eventually it may be a little bit a lot of friction going in but i think maybe that's something that's going to be good to come out of here no, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. So what, where do you see this going? Like, I mean, I know that's such a loaded question and there's so many things yet to be determined, but you know, there've been a lot of bankruptcies from a lot of these big national chains. There's, you know, without a doubt, a lot of, you know, uh, depressed deals that are going to, that are available right now, but what are you, how are you advising restaurant clients right now who were or, who were maybe active or who were considering expanding, what are you advising them to do right now? You know, we're seeing some who have capital, which is not a lot, by the way. Those that have some are waiting. They're not making a ton of moves right now because I, I think they're kind of waiting for the holidays to go by and then people who yeah. might have just been hanging on for the holidays that can't hang on any lo longer. They think there's going to be even more opportunity, which I don't disagree with. I think that's just right. going to happen. Yeah. So they're going to cut deals where <clears throat> maybe it's percentage rent for two years. And then depending on where the sales are, it establishes a base rent. Right. And so I think you're going to see a lot of things like that. I think the smart landlords where restaurants want to downsize to get smaller spaces are mm -hmm. working with them on the rent structure to keep the size the same so the occupancy isn't affected and that helps the restaurant too right, right. like you don't want an empty space next to you and so right. i think for the next two years the restaurateurs and the landlords that can work together 
with things like that will be will be okay in the long run. But that's the kind of stuff we're talking about with landlords is just rather than downsizing, we'll keep the space, but we need you to help us. They're looking at two years, like through 2021. Yeah, I know. I, I was, when this kind of first started, I worked with a guy on some of my social stuff. He lives in Italy and they were obviously ahead of us on this or hit them first rather. And um, they kind of opened back up. And then I guess just Italians being Italians, they were like hugging, kissing everybody and everything kind of got gnarly <laughs> again. And they, they closed everything down again and they forced all the restaurants like, hey, you guys are gonna have to figure this out and we're gonna, we're gonna make you figure it out by taking a class. So you're gonna take this like state mandated health oh, safety wow. class and you have to pay for it. It wasn't cheap. And then they said uh, they're anticipating this uh, opening, full open, everything back to normal, April 1st of 2021. So it's, that's wild, right? So you, well, and the year. expense too of, that goes into keeping it safe and sanitary, yeah. protecting every, like the, all these extra steps are so costly too. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the cleaning, like I can tell you for our restaurant, we're a small 900 square foot and we do a lot of takeout, but just like bottles of disinfectant, like certain percentage is higher. Obviously the higher percentage, the more expensive it is. The yeah. floor cleaner, them coming in to clean the place is $200 a week now. So yeah, that's something to be concerned. But getting back to the deal stuff, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we can kind of throw out the, the there's not going to be one standard form to kind of get deals done now. It's going to be, right. everyone's going to be, which is, that'll be fun. Everyone is going to be completely different. And, um, you know, it's, I really think it's like, I would be advising, I'm working with a guy in the city who's like at five different spaces. I would advise him like, hey, um, let's take a look at these spaces with these landlords and let's try to make a deal and then figure out how we're going to really make some money out of this space uh, being omni-channel. Like, can mm -hmm. we really do that? So I think you and I are similar to what you were talking about the landlord before. We're going to want to work with concepts that are already omni-channel. We're right. not looking to, yeah, we're not looking to get it on the Titanic for anybody here, right? I mean, how do you help, how do you identify those guys? I mean, is it just through some social media? I mean, how do you, you seem to have a very careful, you have a very thoughtful eye for this stuff by just looking at your social and stuff. How do you, how do you find those guys? Well, everyone always looks to the follower count, right? Like how many right. followers do you have? But what's more important is the engagement rate. I mean, you know all of this stuff because you do right, it. Right. But you, in how, how a landlord or someone that's evaluating the success of an omni-channel calculates the engagement rate is the number of likes plus the number of comments divided by their total follower count. And if it's less than like 4%, they're really not engaging with their core audience. Right. And, right. and it's, just, it's just a huge mistake to look at the, the number versus the engagement because if they're not engaging with you, it doesn't even matter you're it's just like a you can say it's a scoreboard but what are you really winning you're not really yeah, right. making sales off of those people oh, right. so, exactly um the, it's just really authentic engagement personal engagement on there and like aesthetics matter and having good photos matter too but i would encourage people who aren't on it to just practice and be authentic because people really want to see the real you too like they yeah. want to see you cleaning the fish in the the back and things like that. And that moves the needle way more than like, you know, come do takeout on Thursday nights or whatever it is. Like they, they yes. just want that personal engagement from these restaurants. Yeah. And the ones that do it well, I mean, it's, 
you know, the analogy is always made all the time is, you know, it's like a cocktail party, right? It's like, and if you're a concept that's just talking, you're just talking about you the whole time. Nobody wants to talk back to you. You know, right. just like these, these fitness people who just post a picture of themselves in a bikini, how many, wow, fire emoji, how many things are you going to see like that? You're not telling your story. So I think, I think this, this storytelling stuff for brands, landlords and tenants uh, is, is really interesting. And I'm, I'm psyched to hear that landlords are putting some weight behind that. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it, it, you have to find a differentiator. And just today, any business that wants to be successful, you're, they're just leaving money on the table by not using social media. What, so what are some of the things in the restaurant space that you've seen where restaurants use social media really well? Like what are some of the best practices you've seen? So one of my favorite things that I've seen come out of this has been like, there's a, a buddy of mine who has five locations here in Westchester and he, his social media team, uh, basically would say like, Hey, on Wednesday, we're going to make our X dish. And these are the ingredients. And they took like a really cool picture of the oregano, the tomatoes, the fresh pasta, the pecorino, the butter, everything. And tune in at six o'clock on Friday, we're going to have a live demo with our chef and we're going to make that. So pick That's it up here. Great. Yeah. And then similarly with cocktails, like the bartender, like, Hey, we're going to make our whatever drink, our signature Negroni. And this is what you're going to need. And here's how you're going to do it. And they would do buildups. Like if you needed a grapefruit syrup for your thing, that doesn't help me on Friday when I'm making a drink with you. So they would do, here's the grapefruit syrup. Here's how we'll make that on Wednesday. You're going to need this for Friday. We're going to have our bartenders here. We're going to show you how we make it and all that kind of stuff. So I would love to see that continue to grow and to be part of who it is. So many restaurant owners, they don't want to be on camera. They don't want to do anything. They don't see the importance. They, you know, they're a tough group to get, to get through, but um, you know, it's going to, there's no fighting it. It's coming. And there are people who are doing it are doing it well. And the people who don't do it will be invisible. That's really what I think. So um, I mean that, that, and I think ultimately engaging, like it's so important to engage um, with your customer base so you know that little timmy hit a home run yesterday and when they come in like hey i saw that it just creates a connection that you could never you never had before you didn't know anything yeah. about it oh i saw you guys got a puppy that's so great you know like wow you're paying attention to me and i think that's a massive massive piece those two together help help create that like sort of dynamic of uh reality tv show so when you go there you feel like you're on the set of the show yeah. And I think there's ways to where you could have your audience help you build what you're building. So like, and we don't think about actually engaging with real people. You just think of this like Instagram or something, but like you could help, you could ask them, which cocktails should we add to our menu or like have people weigh in on different parts of your business, yep. things that you're comfortable letting people weigh in on. And then they feel like they're helping you build this thing that's bigger than what it started out as yeah people want to be part of that i think that yeah. you're absolutely right and you know what i think too sometimes i think that what people lose is like the language and the vibe of your social should match the language and the vibe of your restaurant so if you're thomas keller he's going to do a presentation that's going to be very well lit and he's going to have mm -hmm. you know everything mise en place out perfectly and if somehow you can DM him, you're going to get a very perfectly 
punctuated back, you know, response. Right. But wow. so with my restaurant, we're very kind of like Lala Taqueria, we're Los Angeles style tacos. We have loud colors. We have loud music. We have a picture of Nikki Six on our front door. So it's like when people respond to us on Instagram, I will always respond back most of the time with like a GIF or something. You know, like, like so, okay, so hang like, on. So you're responding to yeah. the DMs directly. Yeah. And that's where I think that people don't understand that the owners are responding personally For on sure. Instagram. I think that's that's amazing. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just no, think no, no. That, like, that's a major point for, for, for brokers and, and for, you know, restaurant owners is that like, you should be doing your own stuff. You should be responding to your own stuff. But somebody like the other day, they were like, oh my God, we love the whatever it was. It's so great when it's the best thing in the world. Like they were overly loving this one thing. I forgot what it was. And I went to a GIF and there's like this slow motion GIF of Rihanna putting on a crown. <laughs> like this. And, they, and they were actually on their way to the restaurant and they were like, who does the social media here? And I was like, me, like, we were dying. We were dying when you did that. So it's just such, it's just the way we communicate. And I think it's going to be, you know, it's just going to grow from here. I, I'm excited to see what's next from here. You know, like the TikTok. That's, that's awesome. But um, one other thing I wanted to touch on just before we wrap up, I know you got a lot going on. Um, I was on a call earlier today and they were like, one of the major concerns, you know, we know offices, that whole thing, that's like a whole separate podcast, but like colleges, like the impact of COVID on colleges is uh, who, who knows, right? Like kids aren't even going back to school. They're going back half time, whatever. But there are a lot of businesses that were like, oh no, I want to be in a college town. Like restaurants want to be in a college town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bars obviously want to be in a college town, t-shirt printing shops, things like that. What kind of impact, like, do you think, how did you see that falling out? I mean, are they just going to close or like, do you have, are there a lot of colleges by you? Have you seen any of this yet? Yeah, so San Diego State, surprisingly, is the second largest university in California, second to UCLA, so it's pretty big. Mm -hmm. And just, I think those restaurants are definitely going to be hit, like there's going to be fallout for sure, you just can't avoid it. But I'm also seeing, and I'm not an expert on this, this is just from like picking up the vibes of whatever. Yeah, right, yeah, of course. Is like, you're still seeing the college students who want the college experience, even though class isn't happening on campus. And so they're still renting houses and apartments near the school. They're still doing like backyard barbecues. And like, that's part of the big thing in the, the news is that the college students aren't taking COVID seriously. They're all still getting together. Yeah, right. And so I think, I think there will still be a pulse with the restaurants in the college town. Cause I just think, you know, especially like seniors who still want to experience it for the last year. Yeah. People just don't want to give that up. So I think you're still going to have it, but it's not going to be exactly the same for sure. It's no, I know. In a weird way, I think like, you know, when I went to college, it was like Domino's, right? Like Domino's to me, I'm like, they're the original ghost kitchen. You can never <laughs> go. It was so weird back then. It was like, you can never go. What do you mean you can't go to a Domino's? They're like, no, they just do delivery. I think there's going to be maybe like a huge proliferation of maybe like and like a local operator who has maybe like a big patio, 5,000 square foot space and used to pack it with college kids. He's going to take a shot on sending like one of his sous chefs or around this town and doing like a faux place, a sushi place, a Greek place, and like taking and being advantageous of that just for delivery. So I think, yeah. it's, I think, I think 
I tend to look at things like, oh, colleges aren't going to be as popular. That means restaurants are going to fail and these businesses are going to fail. But I think it's an opportunity. I think it's going to be a huge opportunity for people to say, hold on, wait a minute. These kids are up late all the time. I could open up something here. So I, I, I think it's something to look at. And as envious I, think- I am of you living in San Diego, maybe it'll be me who takes one of those spaces in San Diego State. <laughs> come on, come on. We got oh some space. Oh, my God, man. Um, but I do think just on a, of the bright side of that is wh- whether it's a restaurant or a retailer or just us as brokers, the people who can tread water over the next 18 to 24 months and they can come up with creative solutions to how to make business work through this are going to be light years ahead when we come back on the other side. And so like what you're talking about, it's going to be, it's going to hit the college campuses just like it's hitting everybody else. But if they yeah. can tread water, they're going to do great when colleges open back again yeah you're right and i think that i mean something to, to just end on here and, and you know touch on before but like for brokers like us this digital army thing and and putting yourself out there now is sort of our way of treading water right like hey this is what we know we're having podcasts we're having mm-hmm. zoom calls we're talking to each other on instagram lives um i think this now for any brokers that listen to this show if you're choosing not to do that I think you're also out of business and, and you don't, and you're not going to yeah. survive this. And, mm-hmm. you know, have you, I know you buy into that. I'm not going to ask. I know you agree, but I mean, what are your thoughts on people on your team? Like you have a team of people, are they, their social media and their willingness to participate in that? Is that a, a factor in you wanting to work with them? Yeah, because yes, because it impacts our business too, right? right? Like, and we're using it to, it's a differentiator for us for sure with our Mm -hmm. clients but it's also what we really believe our clients should be doing it's not like our angle or something where we're just using it we're genuinely seeing it make connections and drive leasing and we can't believe how antiquated the commercial real estate industry is in this space and so it's a hundred percent part of our business plan going forward And I'll tell you, we've had a lot of brokers reach out to us and like you guys, the way people are super collaborative, it's even if you don't know a lot about social media, but you're willing to work with even your competitors, everyone's going to get better. And even if you don't know what you're doing, everyone's kind of holding their hands, helping each other in different areas. And those people are going to be light years ahead too, kind of like, yeah, you know, it it goes back to that thing that there are no more, there are no secrets. You know, mm-hmm. I worked at I worked at CB prior to this, and it was like you couldn't, you were not allowed to say anything about anything, and like you're gonna, you know, you can't talk about co-tenancy, you can't tell about what what that means, you can't tell about like different clauses in a lease. I'm like, this is literally stuff people can Google, and I think the more that you're out there and you talk about it, and you work collaborative with other brokers, I think it's uh, it's gonna be definitely beneficial for the greater good. Um, all right, so thank you so much for your time how can people get a hold of you if they're in the area and they're looking for some restaurant space and retail space or looking to lease? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Thank you. You can go to our website or our Instagram. It's just Carrie Bob and co. Okay. Carrie And you can shoot us an email, shoot us a DM. We'll respond. And thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really fun. I, I think it's, uh, I was just intrigued that you were like, send us a DM because that's the way to do it. And I love that. Yeah. So uh, it is my wife and I's goal 
we're uh, encouraging our daughter to go to school in California, San Diego. No, no pressure, Juliana, um, <laughs> because we want to, because we want to live there. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, if that needs to happen, I'm gonna need uh, a 1,000 square feet with a large outdoor space um, to do to build a taqueria. <laughs> We've got plenty of those available. I know tacos are a tough game out in LA, so I, you know, it's kind of it's like it's a competitive taco market. I will say, I have it's no like, doubt. Hey, it's like bringing pizza to Brooklyn. You something you just don't do. That's but, exactly um, right. But, well, awesome. Well, thanks for your time and stay safe out there. Thanks, Kyle. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. That was Carrie Bob from Carrie Bob and Co. If you are in the San Diego area and you are a landlord or you are a retailer looking for space, um, check her out. Hit her up on LinkedIn, uh, Carrie Bob uh, on LinkedIn, C-A-R-R-I-E-B-O-B-B, or on Instagram, C-A-R-R-I-E-B-O-B-B and Co. C-O. Uh, shoot her a DM over there, and I know her and her team will get back to you. So, um Again, guys, uh, the, the texting platform is alive and well, and I would love to hear from you any questions you have in regards to your real estate needs, your operation needs. You just want to shoot the shit and complain about your landlord. Uh, maybe I can help you out. I'm always looking to add value in some way. So um, I believe that you know, not a lot of people in the business that I'm in believe in giving upfront value. They believe in holding everything back and saying, you know, once you're my client, I'll tell you everything, but no. Uh, if you guys are my client or you're not my client, I'm going to give you everything that I know, everything that I hear, and uh, hopefully it makes sense for you. So shoot me a text, 914-996-4569, and we can chat about it. Um, please, guys, like, comment, and share on this podcast with some of your industry friends you think uh, this might be a benefit to, particularly if they're in the Southern California area. Uh, I know Carrie would appreciate that, and I want to thank Carrie again for her time. Uh, look forward to chatting with her on the Digital Army and everything else and seeing all the kind of stuff that she does. She keeps me motivated in creating the content that I create, so I appreciate that. Uh, look, guys, restaurants, be safe. Things are starting to slowly open up. Stay optimistic. Keep your heads up. And um, like I said, maybe it's the time now to start being proactive. Start looking to look for that new location, bolt on another brand. All right? All right, guys, be smart. Keep your head up and stay safe. Take care. Thank